when light shines, when light shines in the darkness. Speaking of light, maybe you've noticed it uh, in, in the sanctuary, the, the lights right here uh, in the center of the sanctuary uh, up there, our silver eagles and our, our facilities team and our trustees have been working hard uh, uh, to repair those lights and get them ready. And the goal was for Christmas to have those ready to go and, and to have uh, uh, what, two, two weeks Two weeks to spare, so I thank, uh, I thank Ronnie Lawrence uh, in particular for, for helping us get that done. That's been a project that's been on the to-do list for quite some time. And, and also to the rest of our Silver Eagles, there are other things that are happening in the, in the background. For example, uh, uh, Katie's Place, that's uh, the pavilion in the back of our campus, has been completely rebuilt and completely restored. Uh, and that's uh, uh, partly, uh, we blame Tom Carson for that, uh, who, who's here in the sanctuary. Yeah, you can clap for Tom. Yeah. We recognize John Juno at the early, uh, early service and Boyd, uh, who's not here today, uh, and also Ronnie, those who, those who work with our facilities uh, in, in helping keep uh, our, our campus beautiful and, and functional. And, and maybe I'm the only one who's excited about this. This Wednesday, I think it's this Wednesday, uh, we're getting fiber optic internet. Thank you. Yes. Okay, thank you. No, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you know the beauty of this because now we can all stream amplify media on all of our TVs all at the same time and it will it, it will hopefully it will hopefully work right so this is exciting this is we're coming into and we have QR codes now and what's happening this is exciting but just a, a thank you to our silver eagles by the way uh, they had to run all of the, the, the wires for this new fancy internet uh, and, 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 and Tom and John and Boyd uh, did that uh, for for weeks and you know, thank you guys thank you for all of your hard work. We continue our series on uh, the heart that grew three sizes. And if this is your first day at Asbury, uh, the sanctuary doesn't normally look like this. Uh, it's normally elegant and beautiful. And, and we have a whole worship design team that helps uh, put together the visuals. But I thought, what if? What if? You know, it, it's one thing to read the story of the Grinch and have the Grinch happen to someone else. But what if it kind of happened to us? How would that make us feel if we come into the sanctuary and the Grinch had tried to steal our own Christmas? Uh, away. So our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, beginning with verse 26. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came and said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Well, then Mary said to the angel, um, how can this be, uh, since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, some call it Christmas. Uh, we typically call it the Grand South Louisiana Tour. Uh, early in our, in our life with, with young children, we would go down south and visit Baton Rouge and Slidell and everywhere in between. And uh, we eventually realized that, that Santa doesn't travel all that well, so, so now we kind of stick close to home. But here's the thing. I remember one year specifically, uh, we had Isabel. We had Annalise and Cecilia was like a baby baby. Uh, and we got, I, I think we got to Baton Rouge and we're unpacking the stuff and trying to figure out like you're sleeping in this room and you're sleeping in this room and daddy snores so he's going to sleep downstairs away from everybody. But as we're going through the things we realize, oh no, we forgot the nightlight. Now, if you are a parent, you know the tragedy of not bringing the nightlight. Or, or maybe for your family it's a knuffle bunny, or, or maybe it is that special pacifier. You know, the touchstone that the kid needs so that the kid doesn't bother you <laughs> throughout the entire night. We get there and like, oh, oh God, we forgot the, we forgot the, the nightlight. Now, I know it's 97 cents at the Walmart, but it's not in your hand. <laughs> so it might as well be a million dollars stuck in a barge somewhere off the coast of LA. Like you can't get it, and what are you gonna do? What are you going to do? And you know, like already, like, oh, man, this is going to be a long night. It's that, it's that feeling of, 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 of it, it's not working. It's, it's not right. It's not, something is, something is off kilter. Coming into the sanctuary, seeing the, the banners down and the trees fall. Something, I can't, maybe I can't put my finger. Something isn't right. Now, Cindy Lou Who, in this story, functions kind of like this nightlight, so to speak, this touch point, this bringing the moral back into the story. Because the Grinch has had this wonderful, awful idea, and he's breaking into people's homes, and he's stealing everything, and then Cindy Lou who wakes up, and she asks a very simple question. What are you doing with our tree? What are you doing? It's a great question. Elijah, when he went up on top of the mountain to meet with God, that is the question he heard. What are you doing, Elijah? What are you doing? It's a good question for all of us to ask every now and again. What are you doing? On the one hand, this light, this flashlight, can be comforting and peaceful. It's like going through the stuff and, oh, here's the nightlight. Oh, thank God. And it's this great feeling of, of, of everything is right in the world. But sometimes, sometimes this light coming up against this light can be prophetic and uncomfortable and against the grain. You know, how dare you illuminate what I wanted to keep hidden kind of a thing. Or we could respond to it like the Grinch, and he's rather apathetic. He lies with such ease, doesn't he? What are you doing with the tree? Oh, well, the lights are off and their lights are not working, so I'm going to go bring it home and I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to bring it back, is what the Grinch says. Without skipping a beat, with no morals, with no morality, no inner check, he just lies with such great ease. But you know, the Grinch isn't wrong in what he said. 
Because by the end of the story, the tree does come back and the lights are working and it's all restored, though that's not what the Grinch intended. It's just like, and we have an example of this in the Bible, it's just like Caiaphas in the Gospel of John chapter 11. So in in John chapter 11, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And you might imagine that a miracle of such magnitude would be met with thanksgiving and joy and gratitude. We've never seen something like this. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. But it was at that moment that the Pharisees started to plot how to get rid of him, how to get rid of Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to start bringing people back from the dead and bringing people back into communion with the community. So Caiaphas met with the Pharisees after Jesus raised Lazarus, and Caiaphas says, uh, you know what we have to do? We have to get rid of Jesus. And the Pharisees are like, whoa, a little heavy. That's a little heavy, Caiaphas. Like, maybe we can figure something else out. And Caiaphas says this. He goes, no, you, you don't understand. You don't have any vision. You don't understand this. It is better for one man to die than for the whole nation to be destroyed. Caiaphas had in his mind what Rome would do should Jesus gain power. Rome might just come and destroy. We are fine right now. Don't rock the boat. Rome is letting us keep our temple and keep our livelihood. It is better for one man to die than the whole of the nation to be overturned. And you know what? Caiaphas is not wrong. That is what happened. Jesus offered himself for not just the sake of the nation, but for the sake of us all. Caiaphas was speaking truth, even though he didn't know he was speaking truth, and that's what light does. When we come into the presence of light, it shines whether we want it to or not, and it sometimes reveals peace, it sometimes reveals conviction, and hopefully it leads us into seeing the presence of God. It's like yesterday at uh, Downtown Friends. And look, You don't need anyone's permission. Every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, you can go downtown in the parking lot behind uh, First United Methodist Church downtown Shreveport uh, and participate with downtown friends. It was beautiful. Uh, We were passing out blankets and and coats, and there was, I mean, there was a family that brought a cooler of enchiladas that they had made. I mean, it was just fantastic. But then, but then, a truck pulled in and lowered the bed, and inside were, I don't know, 60, 70 sleeping bags. And people ran to get them. When you're outdoors, a sleeping bag is a life changer. And potentially a lifesaver. It is that moment, in other words, someone was offering, someone found a nightlight and they were giving it to that desperate parent. They were offering light. It was infectious. It was joyful. It was important. Sometimes we make these things too complicated, don't we? And I know like there are lots of threads in the tapestry of, of homelessness and, and hunger and poverty, but sometimes we just need to offer nightlights to those desperate parents that are looking for something, right? It can be, at times, as simple as giving someone a sleeping bag so that they don't die when they're sleeping outdoors. I know there's more to that story, and I know there's more to do, But that light reveals the kingdom of God. Sometimes the light appears in interesting ways. Do you know the story of the Bell Syndicle? Uh, I can't remember if I've told it here or not. The Bell Syndicle, it's it's a German tale. It's a German folk tale. Uh, My grandmother used to tell it to me with a variation. I'll give you that variation in a second. But the Bell Syndicle is is, uh, Santa, Santa comes on Christmas and delivers the presents. But Santa has a helper, and he's called the Bell's Nickel. 
uh, and he comes about two weeks prior to Christmas. And he looks like an old man with a cane. And what he does is that he raps on the window. And when you open the window, he throws candy in. But if you move too fast to pick up the candy, he whaps you with his cane. Right? Patience. He's trying to teach you patience. You know, good family, you know, discipline. You know, just whap the kid with the cane if they move too fast, you know. Now, my grandmother would tell a variation. She called it the Benzenickel, uh, but she... She told the variation of it. So Santa delivers the gifts, right? Now, you might be able to fool Santa in being good, but the game ain't over once you open presents. Right? John Wesley knew this. That's why we have sanctifying grace. We know that after baptism, we ain't done yet, right? You've gotten the presents from Santa, but the bell's nickel can come as late as January 6th, King Cake Day. And if you're not being good, the bell's nickel is going to take your presence back. And yes, it is mildly anxiety-inducing for children to hear that story, right? But it's effective. <laughs> Just say, and parents, that's for free. In a strange way, the, 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 the bell's nickel is kind of brings this morality into that story that it's not just about presence, it's actually about being kind to one another. And though I don't, I wouldn't suggest whapping people with canes, but it is kindness at the heart of the story. Cindy Lou, who kind of uh, portrays this role in the story, the, the Grinch has done this awful, terrible thing, of and she just shows up and she asks a simple question. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hoping that the Grinch might catch on. It's a good question. You know, Mary asks a good question in our text today. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. We're not told why she's favored. I really wish that we did so that we would have something on our checklist that we could accomplish so that we might gain God's favor. But we're not told. All we are told is that God favored Mary. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And something remarkable is going to happen. You are going to be with child and he will be the son of the Most High. He'll be God's own son. Mary, did you know? Yes, the angel Gabriel told her. Uh, in this. Now, she had to work out the specifics, but yes, Mary knew that Jesus was going to be the son of God, the son of the Most High. And then Mary has an interesting question. She goes, um, I don't know if you're aware how like this happens down here on earth, but um, I'm a virgin, and you just said I'm going to have a son. Like, what, how, what, how can this be, is what she said. How can this be? Now, this could be a lesson in biology, but there's also more to that question. How can this be? How can I have a child? How can this child redeem humanity? How can this child be called the Son of God and the Son of the Most High? How can this child be conceived by the Holy Spirit? How is God going to do this? She asks Gabriel a good question. This follows uh, the same pattern of, of the prophetic narrative, the prophetic calls. Like, for example, Isaiah, right? God calls the prophet Isaiah. You are going to speak for my people. You're going to be the mouth of the Lord. And Isaiah has an objection. Like, he asks a question, too. He goes, no, no, no. I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't accomplish this. So then God offers Isaiah affirmation in the form of a hot burning coal that burns his lips. He goes, now your lips are clean. I have made you clean. You will now be the voice of God. 
Same thing with Jeremiah. Jeremiah gets called by God. I'm, I'm giving you a job. I'm, you're going to be the mouthpiece of the Lord to the people. You're even going to go into exile with the people. Jeremiah then pushes back, just like Mary did, just like Moses did, just like Isaiah did. Jeremiah pushes back and says, I'm too young. Which is another way of saying, like, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. And then the affirmation that God offers Jeremiah is, I was there when you were knit in your mother's womb. I know, I know you better than you know you. And I still choose you. Don't tell me you're not good enough for this job. I know you before you were aware of you. So what is the affirmation that Mary needs in this story? You're going to have a son. It's going to be the son of the Most High. How is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit will be with you and will overshadow you, and your son will be the son of the Most High. And then Gabriel says, oh, and by the way, your relative, your cousin, Elizabeth, the one who is too old, the one who is thought to be barren, she's with child. In fact, she's six months in. <laughs> you know, biblically speaking, at the time when, when women could no longer bear children, they were no longer valuable in the system. So God, in this moment, the affirmation that Mary saw was the dignity being restored to someone else. Isaiah needed his lips to be clean. Jeremiah needed to know his own worthiness. For Mary, it was seeing someone else's dignity being restored. And when she saw someone else's dignity being restored, she then said, yes, here I am. Imagine if our only job description in the church was restoring someone else's dignity. And that be our way of saying yes to God to live for the other. And that's a scary yes, to be with child, to not be married, to be young. There was no guarantees. The angel Gabriel didn't say, if you have this child, you'll be sitting on high in the hog. You know, easy street, no worries, pension, you know, the whole nine. It's a scary yes. But when she saw that her relative's dignity had been restored by the power of God, she said yes. And can we? Can we offer even a scary yes to God? Jesus came not so that we might escape our humanity. <laughs> Jesus came so that our humanity might be redeemed and that we could fully live into what it means to be a child of God. It's about seeing heaven right in front of our eyes. Time is precious. Community matters. Love is real. Even in the midst of our brokenness, even in the midst of our scary yeses, even in the midst of our failures and shortcomings. Sam Wells, uh, and I may have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, he's the head rector uh, of uh, St. Martin in the Field in Trafalgar Square in London. Uh, and he's, I don't know, 57 years old, and he's on TikTok. Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, this guy's on TikTok and like, has a super following on TikTok. Anyway, he has, uh, it's called Ask the Vicar. Uh, and every Sunday, he takes a question from the crowd live on their live stream, and he answers it, and then they put it on TikTok later. I've not gotten brave enough yet to do that, to take live studio audience participation. 
But one of the questions he got, this is fascinating, one of the questions he got was, what is God's weakness? Have you thought about that? What is God's weakness? And after a moment, he said, well, I think in a great English accent, which I will not replicate, because I think it's as simple as this, God's weakness is loving us. Because it's always worked out well for us, and it has always worked out poorly for God. He goes, but it is that weakness in which we find our salvation. And he said, maybe the moral of that is that our weakness might be the source of someone else's salvation. Our own brokenness might be the source of someone saying a scary yes to God. And that's why we actually, uh, the Grinch, not we, the Grinch, the Grinch took the, if you're mad, it's the Grinch who did it, uh, who took the ornaments off of the tree. Though I do, <laughs> this week, uh, uh, Boyd uh, helped put all of those ornaments on the tree, was on a ladder and getting it all done. When I said, hey, I have this great idea, we're going to take all the ornaments off. I only got up to middle school, but I did see my life flash before my eyes when, when Boyd got really uncomfortably close to me this week after I announced that we were going to do that. But that, the reason we did this, you know, on the first Sunday of Advent, I asked you to bring home an ornament, and we have some in the back still, if, if you didn't pick one up or, or if you weren't here uh, that Sunday. And I asked you to take this ornament and fill it with whatever to represent where you need God to intervene in your life. Where is the brokenness that you need a Christmas miracle in your life? May that ornament represent that, because what I want to see happen is our brokenness comes together and then makes the tree beautiful again. That's the story of Jesus, taking our brokenness, gathering it together, and making something beautiful out of it. So next Sunday, you're invited to to bring your ornament, and during Holy Communion, you're going to put your ornament back on the tree as a symbol of how brokenness can be transformed into beauty. Because with God, nothing is impossible. But the Grinch can't see it. He can't hear it. He's convinced that he's right in doing what he's doing. The Grinch wants to teach them a lesson. But he is in for quite a surprise. And so are we. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us pray.